So, guys, on this week's 10 Minute Tuesday, bienvenidos a la 10 Minute Tuesday, 10 minuto. Uh, oh, fuck. I forgot what Tuesday is in Spanish. Tuesday. No. That's, that's not it. <laughs> no, dude. It's not Tuesday. It's close. Uh, Domingo is Sunday. Miraculous is uh, Thursday. Thursday. Boom. Martes. Martes. I would not have guessed that. Nope. So. Bienvenidos a la Midwest Flyways Podcast. Diez minuto martes. Nice. Ten minute Tuesday in English. So, guys, we we got our ass kicked this year here in Minnesota, and it was not because of things that were out of our control. I think it's just more so of a thing of what could we have done better in order to have more successful hunts because it's not like nobody in Minnesota killed birds this year. It's just the fact that we were not in the right spot or we didn't scout long enough or A, B, or C, you know? And so I wanted to get on here this week to talk to Cal, my dad, and say, what are you going to do this next year to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I love that you posed the question this way. Like, I love it that you're like, what were our shortcomings? Like, yeah, what, what were we... our shortcomings? How did we mess up, dude? Because obviously we messed up, you know? Like, we I... didn't take it seriously enough because we didn't kill enough birds here at home, in my opinion, especially according to years past. There's been years where we killed 2,000 birds in town, you know? You're shooting 10-man limits three days in a row. <laughs> Dude, your eyes are so wide and you've got like this kind of tufty hair going on and so, I'm getting the very like man, Charlie Day Charlie, on it's yeah, always exactly. Philadelphia. It's very much so, yeah, like a um honestly hey, man, man, I mean I don't I don't necessarily think as much as you do that like a lot of it is like we just didn't like we fucked up. You know what I mean? I I do think we the weather played into it. Our birds came, they went we didn't have birds for a lot of the year in our area where we typically hunt. And when you get into that situation, you're a little behind the eight ball. So I guess what I would say I would do differently is I probably wouldn't try to like stay here and hunt if I'm trying to hunt, you know, like where are the birds? I guess, I guess I would, I guess I would rather hunt one weekend out of two weekends and go to Wisconsin if they're in Wisconsin and just hunt there for a couple days and have fun, couple fun hunts out there, then come home versus try and like grind it out two weekends in a row at home where the birds aren't here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so you would scout more. Yeah, I would scout more or just be willing to like skip a weekend to go to a different spot. You know what I mean? Like I would rather just go on one good hunt every two weeks. You know what I mean? Then go on like two so, bad hunts. So instead of you know so instead saying? of spending that time having two bad hunts, yes, you would go and look for birds in a different yes. area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was like pulling teeth. Nice. That was pulling You've got teeth. The, the whole hair thing. It's working good. <laughs> but that was pulling teeth. Nice. All right. Well, we got to it. That's that's the one thing you do though. That's one thing I would do right away. Mm-hmm. What else did you notice about this season that we could have done better? Um, you go. Me, my turn? Yeah, your turn. <laughs> you fill in here. My my first one was pretty similar. So, like, okay. we don't have birds around home here, right? And so, okay, I'm driving around my normal routes. And sure. like Graham Gresseth said from Max Out Guides, they would go down a different road. 
they would go off of their normal routes yeah. where they normally see geese or ducks and they go and try something different. Mm-hmm. And I did that, but I just didn't do it at the right times, you know? So if I'm driving home from work and it's like, oh, I've, I haven't been down this road. I've never seen birds down here. I'm going to go check it out. But it's 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Birds usually aren't flying at that time. Yeah. I should have checked out that road at sunrise or at sunset. You know what I mean? And so that's that's one thing that I noticed about myself. It's like I just scouted when I could. And instead of like, oh, I'm going to go scout at 3.30, I'm going to work longer that day, so I have to go to work later the next day and scout that morning. You know what I mean? And so that's something that I could have absolutely have done differently because it's not that I wasn't seeing birds. I just couldn't pattern them, and I couldn't get on them. I couldn't get under them. And so that was a big thing for me. And so... But we just really had a lack of birds because of we didn't have a weather machine, as Carter said before the podcast. We just yeah. need to invent a cold weather machine. I think that there was a lot of people that had a really tough year, too. Well, right. I'm just saying, like... But there were people all over the country that were still beating the brakes off of them, you know? And if yeah. we, we would have taken it more seriously in certain areas or, like, in certain, like, better hide, you know... Uh, scouted different areas. Like, we're driving farther to go hunt. Yeah. More than we normally would. So instead of, like, 25 minutes from home, we need to go scout an hour and a half from home because that's where the birds are at or there's more birds out there. And then when we get there and we are hunting those birds, we need to really focus on our hide. So we need to wake up at 2 a.m. and we need to brush our blinds better. You're a Charlie Day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I really analyzed this, dude, because I felt like I got my ass kicked this year. And it's like, I hate that. I hate getting my ass kicked by a bird the size, with a brain the size of a freaking pea. Yeah, but like, you know, <laughs> you didn't just get your ass kicked by a bird. You got your ass kicked by Mother Nature and a bird. Yeah, and, you know what? But know, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to give myself sure. any grace. Okay. Zero grace here. Dude, if I could just move every time the bird moves their flight path and just everything in my life would just move with me, that'd be great. You know what I mean? Like mm. birds change their, their route. And we've seen that, like, migration patterns have changed drastically throughout the years. And so, like, you were living somewhere, right? And so, unless you're just able to go and scout, no matter what, three hours away from home, whenever the hell you want, you are a little bit, you know, you're a little bit stuck with the situation where you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I hear what you're saying, but, like... Yes and no. Yes yeah, no. Well, I'm just saying, man, like if you have the time to say like, well, I'm going to skip out of work and get to Sunset Scout an hour and a half away from home, you know what I mean? Like that is a little bit of it. Like it's the reality, you know, mm-hmm. like either you get a pocket of birds or you don't or the birds get there and then you have birds to play with in your area and now you're scouting your area and it's it makes sense. And then there's guys that are getting them like you're seeing the effect of it down the whole country. So, like, you're seeing a pocket of them, right, where they're, like, they're hitting Oklahoma. Now they're beating the shit out of them in Oklahoma. And then you're seeing a pocket of it, you know, suddenly in, like, they're beating geese up in Wisconsin for, like, four days. You know what I mean? And now you're seeing a pocket, and now all of a sudden they're they're shooting the geese up in Illinois for, like, four days. You're really avoiding my question, though. No, I'm just saying that, like, I'm saying I don't feel the same, like, sense of, like... You feel like we did everything right, we just didn't have birds. No, we never do everything right. You can never do everything right. Like, we could do everything we say we're going to do this year and do it next year, and then it won't be right again. Okay, so let me just re-ask the question. Yeah. 
based on this year mm-hmm. and how well we didn't do, mm-hmm. what are you going to change going into next year other than scouting? Do you feel like – because, like, scouting just – I think that one one other thing that I would say, it becomes more and more apparent to me how much – Truly, and I know this is going to sound dumb, but the details really do matter a lot. What details? Your hide, how how like soft, quiet, like what's your imprint on this on this like you know scenario situation? If you're hunting it, like how visible are you? How big of a footprint are you leaving? You know what I mean. The more people you're hunting with, the more difficult it is to leave a smaller footprint. <clears throat> and I think that like ducks, I think that. This is me overanalyzing, <clears throat> but <clears throat> I think that ducks, when they see you overhead, like seeing that black hole down into a, a pit blind, right? Or down into an A-frame blind, mm-hmm. like it isn't right. It doesn't look right, man. Like no matter what, and even if they can't tell what it is, I think that it makes a huge difference. Like having that area not be a black hole. You know, covering your ends. So you're gonna so you're gonna brush your blinds better. Yeah, but I think then also like there's like the smaller details of it, like knowing when to call, man. Like the little stuff does make a difference, right? Yeah. Like letting the birds work a blind or how hidden are you? Are you moving when the birds are coming in? And if the sunlight is like directly on you or not on you, like are you in the shadows? Like all those little things, that's all stuff that now I just like really accidentally hyper focus on sure what about you carter is there anything that you noticed this year filming with multiple people this year on shit like the camera guy always has hindsight yep you know where it's like well of course you should have done that the hide is always bad it's always bad if you look at it at the end of the hunt nine times out of ten it's a bad hide is that because like so you're mainly filming field hunting is yes. that because brush is falling off their blinds and they're not reapplying it? Is that what you're talking about? That and people going in and out. Like if I'm filming with an outfitter, clients don't, they don't, they hunt three, four times a year, if that. So they don't know how to hide themselves. They're just staring at the birds when they fly over or just tearing brush off and not realizing it. And then by the end of the hunt, the, the beginning of the hunt, the hide might look great. The end, it's always like trash. Bad. Yeah. Like hmm. you can notice, you can notice that like, Birds might not be finishing because of how bad the hide is. Trashed. I also noticed A-frames. Trash. Suck. Yeah. They are so much worse than layouts. This year I noticed it big time. Just go into more detail on that. Like what exactly are you referring to? Like flying a drone overlooking it or like what? That and just the way the birds react. Like I feel like we hunted, this is out in western Minnesota I think, we hunted the same field in an A-frame and then a layout. Same birds. Basically the same situation. A-frame, they just wouldn't get close enough. They didn't want to come look. Layouts, you're just hidden better. It's just better. Lower profile. Yeah. I think the higher profile for A-frames just suck. Like, you might be able to hide more people. I just think they are worse in every situation other than Canada. Sure. And was that on a field edge or was that in the middle or? Both. Without any? Wherever. On a rock pile up in Canada, even in uh, Manitoba, A-frame, you could... If we had layouts, the birds would have been at five yards. Like, you could tell. In the A-frames, they were hitting at, like, 30 yards. What exactly were they doing that you could tell that it was the hide? You could see. Like, like was the calling just incredible? The decoy spread was great. Yes. And then the only miss variable was 
the like hide. This one hunt, I was up on a rock pile behind the A-frame, so I could see everybody moving. I could see the birds perfectly, the spread, everything. The birds would come in looking at the decoys, get to about 30 yards, and they'd see, you could see them see the blind and start to slowly pick up and veer off to the right and just not want to finish. Hmm. And whether it's people grabbing their guns and getting ready or if they just saw how different the profile is of the blind to the snow to the rock pile, like you could tell they knew something was up. I just, Interesting. I do not like A-frames. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cal and I have said on the podcast multiple times that there's switches that come in waterfowl where when the coffin blind first came out, people just wrecked birds, Yep. you know? And then even with the spinning wing decoy, you know, the first five or six years was just nuts. Like, birds would just die over those things. That was yeah. another thing. And then they got weary to it. This, or wary. This well, however you pronounce Someone gave me shit for, I think it's wary. 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 Um, they got really spooked by it. And it's just like, okay, everything is cyclical. So everyone would set up next to a tree or a tree line because they couldn't hide out in the middle of a field. And so they drag birds close to it. And I think that they just get scared landing close whether it's predators or they think it's hunting pressure you know and so then birds would only land in the middle middle of the field then someone came out with the power hunter you know avery power hunter and then they're killing the shit out of birds in the middle of a field and then after five ten years it switches back to where they're like ooh, we don't like people in the middle of their decoys there's this like big hump there I like that one over there. I think it's cyclical. And so I think it's like differentiation. Think about how many other companies have come out with a panel blind or an A-frame in the last five years. Right. Every single one. Yeah. Yeah. First it was tangle free. Then it was, I mean, I think tangle free was the first one in my generation to come out with like the first, like truly mobile, like, holy shit. Cabela's Northern flight blind. Yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah. just... Yeah, Dakota has one, an A-frame now. Dive Bomb has an A-frame. Lucky Duck, that's what we use. Yep. No, I just think there's so many, so many. And so, like, once you get to, like, probably 10 companies that have made one, it's probably time to switch back to what was working prior mm-hmm. to that. I, I yeah, noticed, so. like, on all the duck hunts I went on this year, spinners, not good. I don't think they helped at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were tough. They were really bad. They were tough. Yeah, and I think it's that has tough to though because like it is, it is so tough. I mean, spinners, you will see. I mean, spinners like normally <laughs> they kill. They kill, dude. And then and then sometimes, man, yeah, it's just not the right situation. I, so it's just. I think I did like at least ten or so duck like dry field hunts. I remember three of them up in Canada. Ducks didn't want anything to do with the spinners when they were on. Yeah, yeah but, and then I've been on hunts too, though, where like you hunt it one day without spinners or maybe got one in there. And then you hunt it the next day with the same spread and like six spinners in that field and you just beat them up. Yeah, that's what out in western Minnesota, that's <clears throat> what we normally yeah. do. But this year just didn't work. Yeah, man, it just, it depends, man. It goes in cycles, dude. And it's <laughs> like, what are they used to? What are they not used to? Like all that stuff changes. So, yeah, no, I think. What think, about you, Joey? I think my biggest shortcomings this year was not exploring new areas, you know. And then also, and this this comes with me having to be home more with my family. And so, like, I understand. Right. And I was upset at myself where it's like, you should be prioritizing 
this, but it's hard to prioritize shooting a bird over yeah, you a good marriage and a child. For sure. You know? And so, like, I understand, you know. But at the same time, um, I'm really over A-frames, like Carter was saying. That's, like, my big thing this year. Every time I hunt out of a layout, night-night. Mm-hmm. Night-night. Like, it was so night and day mm-hmm. between an A-frame and a layout. Mm-hmm. And so... The times that I did hunt by myself in a field, I would always bring a, a layout. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, um, oh, this year, especially for geese, not so much ducks, but I really focused on not necessarily when to call birds, but singling out a single note, you know, and like really focusing on what is making that bird change its mind. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when to call. So like we were in Kansas at uh, Carter's Big Island, and they don't shoot a bunch of big geese out of these spots, is what they were saying to me. And uh, I was with Matt Flum, and Matt's one of those guys where he just wants to throw a, a wall of sound because like that's what we were taught like growing up. You watch all these people, and they're really good goose callers, and they are throwing a big spread, and they are putting as many geese out as, yeah, yeah. as they can, right. you know, and he's, Trailer he's starting time. to, he's, he's starting to, to call, you know, like double clucking, clucking as fast as he can, moans, whatever. And I'm watching these birds and I hit a note that as soon as I hit this note, man, this <clears throat> two geese just instantly 180. And then I watch him. And Matt is still calling yep. this entire time. Yep. And so it's not just me that did it. Like, yeah, yeah. He was keeping them interested for sure. But every time they started to veer, I go, and I hit it super rhythmically like a like a goose would do it and called them all the way in. And it wasn't just that one flock. It was four flocks in three days. That one note really hit them really hard. Mm-hmm. Like where they're just like, damn. Haven't heard that. Or, like, that sounds real. Mm-hmm. And so, with the goose calling, it's just, you know, you work really hard to get good at goose calling, and then you want to throw everything you can at them, and it's like, when do you call? And then it's, what do you call? Yeah. You know? And I'm I'm kind of, like, getting at that, what do you call, and when. Yeah. So, that was something that I was really focusing on this year, and I want to do more of in the future. Yeah. Hell yeah! Well, that was a that was a great ten minute Tuesday. It was like twenty minutes, I think. But yep, hell yeah, <laughs> love that. All right, love you guys. See ya.